Hello, and you are back in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. This is our 53rd episode, and today we'll be discussing how Russia deals with political dissent and China getting in on making airliners. So we're going to jump right into this with the first article. This is from the Independent. Headline reads, Alex Novani, probably butchering that, death latest. Extra Store's wife Yulia's account as Putin brings new case against critics' brother. And this is basically just... Um, talking about how, um, uh, let's see, his Elon Musk's, Musk's ex restored Yulia's account after mistakenly suspending the profile. Goes on talking about um, Nalvani's uh, mother wanting to see his body. He's, you know, his, the Russian authorities haven't allowed uh, anybody, uh, any family to see his body. Uh, he just, she just wants to be able to bury um, this man who died. You know, that's just, uh, you know, what, what your family is actually going to want for you when you die. You know, so this is uh, basically a Russian dissident. He was very much um, against the Russian government, the large Russian corporations. And he, I think he started out as a lawyer uh, and then got into the, uh, I guess, anti-corruption activism, which included the big corporations and the government in Russia. And that's why he was, that's why he rotted in a jail cell, uh, because he made himself an enemy of the Russian government. And Vladimir Putin is someone who will uh, throw his enemies in the gulag. Never see the light of day. I mean, this man uh, was up and coming in the KGB, and he played the game in the KGB, and he became the president um, after the collapse of the USSR. And I think a lot of those tactics, you know, he learned as being part of the KGB, being deep in the USSR's um, inner circle, so to speak, is stuff that he's still practicing and carrying out today, which is why I don't trust Putin, which is why I don't think he's a good person, which is why I don't think the Russian state is something that's going to be um, good or progressive for humanity, which is why I, I, I don't support Ukraine, but the fact that Ukraine is its own state, separate from Russia, is better in terms of building a volunteer society, right? It's decentralization, but, you know, the whole thing is that you know, me as an American in my country and NATO have no justification trying to make Russia not see Ukraine as um, its territory and acting accordingly, right? It just creates more problems. And it just justifies um, Putin doing stuff like this. You know, look at uh, what NATO is doing. Look at what uh, the EU is doing and the U.S. is doing. So we have to rule with an iron fist. We have to um, stamp out any criminals who threaten the um, the security of the Russian state. And this is why you get the Alex Novani situation. And also, I do think it's a bit of uh, a distraction as well, I mean, Russia's recently been founded with um, being on the verge of uh, cancer vaccines. It's a very interesting thing. Of course, you've got the whole BRICS thing, which is really threatening to uh, destroy the concept of the, the petrodollar, which has ruled the global economy. And if that gets more successful, then, um, <laughs> then that could overtake the U.S. dollars being the global reserve currency that'll really flow for us into hyperinflation. That'll be the nail in the coffin for the American economy. So I think, you know, this his death is being used, Nalvani's death is being used to justify um, the sanctions against Russia, the, um, you know, Russian hysteria that hasn't really been around in, in the States since the Cold War. So I, I do think a lot of this is not because not <laughs> that um, the Americans or the 
globalist establishment care about political prisoners or think it's not something that should be a thing. I mean, just ask um, all the people who weren't even at January uh, 6th who are getting brought up on charges for that, how um, the U.S. Uh, government feels about um, political persecution. And they're all for when it benefits them. And this, I'd say, doesn't benefit them in, in the sense that um, you know, is ingrains Putin's power, and of course, Putin is very much um, their rival. And I don't think Putin even wants to be this rival of uh, the West. He just wants to be left alone, and that includes, you know, the states that border um, Russia and Eastern Europe as well. It doesn't want any NATO involvement in Eastern Europe. No UN involvement in Eastern Europe. Just wants to say, hey, this is the territory. This is how it should be. There is conflict there. It gets resolved between those states and i think that's what putin wants uh, and in the end if we were to give that to him it would be a more peaceful prosperous society after you know some hot conflict between those eastern european states and russia and i i think you know this is being going to be used by the western establishment to see you know putin is so evil he he does all these things to his uh, political enemies and you know not to say there isn't um, a justification in making that argument, but it's not like they care about Navalny. It's not like they care about um, what's going on in these Russian prisons because they have this humanitarian um, desire to care for their fellow man. It's about using it as um, political capital to justify this war in Ukraine, which is completely unjustifiable um, for us to be involved in. But again, using stuff like this to do it. So that's really my take on it. That's really... The whole thing is that um, it's proof, you know, Putin is not to be trusted. He's going to rule with an iron fist. He's going to do his old KGB stuff. And I think this is being used as a distraction by the U.S. Um, government, the Western um, elites, to justify the war in Ukraine and also to distract from all the other stuff that Russia is doing on the global stage. Uh, with that, you know, take there. You're still with me. Thank you. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff as we move into the next article. This is from NBC, or CNBC, my apologies. Uh, and the headline is, China will showcase its domestic jetliner at the Singapore Air Show. And then it goes, you know, here's what else to expect. There's like air shows and all these sorts of things. But key points. Touted as a rival to Boeing, uh, Boeing 737 and the Airbus 320, the Comac C9, 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 C919 ugh, is quickly turning out to be one of the most anticipated features at the Singapore Air Show. The Air Show you know, features the largest foreign flying teams, uh, and then half of the global air travel will be in the Asia-Pacific region. Um, according to the Association of Asia Pacific Airlines. But the biggest thing is Boeing 737, right? We, we've um, discussed this on Hump Day Potpourri. I'm sure you must have heard this in the in the headlines. You know, this might be a bit overblown, but Boeing is having a problem with making planes. You know, the plane's not being built, bolted on correctly. And again, tinfoil hat, this could be intentional, Right to say, hey, Boeing can't make planes. Let's outsource it to the Commercial Aircraft Corporation of China or Co or Comac and get a fleet of C919s to be the planes um, that are going to replace all of um, the Boeing 737s for the American airlines that do all the domestic and international flights, and we're outsourcing more stuff to China. Right, and I think this is definitely the beginnings of it. If it were to be the case, right, it's probably going to be something like this plane. 
Um, you know, this is Comac C-19, um, Commercial Aircraft Corporation of China. So this is going to be a, a state-owned business of uh, China, right? So this is basically just China's, um, the Chinese government's um, aircraft manufacturer, right? And they're going to um, basically use this and go all over the world, not just the United States, right? But everywhere that Boeing um, 737s are operating, they operate globally to say, hey... Boeing can't make planes. We can. Here's here's the plane that we have, and it's going to be a much better plane because it's a newer design and it's you know you know made by you know the Chinese ingenuity, yada yada yada. So I do you know, and this this was certified in uh, by the Civil Aviation Administration of China in September of 2022. So uh, of course this has been something that they've been cooking up for a while now. So this could just be. A you know coincidental thing, but again, tinfoil hat on. This is all intentional to just globalize the economy. And with uh, I think they're going and predicting, um, yeah, let's see, twenty, um, yeah, twenty three point three billion dollars um, uh, in revenue uh, in twenty twenty three, and twenty twenty four is projected um, that profits could be twenty five point seven billion. So this is a massive industry, air travel. And it's not just the financial um, size of this sector. It's just what the sector is in terms of just how people travel in um, the, I, I guess, the most modern sense and also just the most amount of distance and the shortest amount of time one can cover is by um, airplane. And so the airport system or the um, air... <laughs> Air transport system, right, is a very much one is very much one that allows the common person to travel the world, right, and that's a very powerful thing to be able to do. And the more you know control and centralization you have over that system, the more control and centralization you have of the people, which is why you have you know all these regulations, Department of Homeland Security. Um, customs and all these sorts of things that really just hinders people's ability to move freely is because they want to have control over uh, everything and if you control the movement of people then you control the people Uh, that's definitely one way to look at it and I think this is part of the plan um, is to have you know all the company all, all the airplanes manufactured by one, two, maybe three companies and Boeing might not make the cut um, because it's an American company, and <laughs> we we uh, the we all hate America. Even the Americans hate America, or at least the uh, Americans that have um, any say or pull in the matter hate America. So they want to outsource everything to uh, India and China and uh, the Middle East and all these sorts of places. Uh, so I definitely think this is one to keep your eye on. So Comac, um, Chinese, um, you know. Commercial Aircraft Corporation of China is definitely one to keep your eye on. And their C919, I think it's definitely going to be something that's going to try and replace Boeing uh, as the dominant um, aircraft carrier for the uh, domestic U.S. And I I do think that is the plan Uh, in the long term. I I do think, um, you know, all this DEI stuff, you know, a lot of it is definitely intentional because, you know, there's a a, a very distinctive 
controlled plan to destroy the fabric of this culture and DEI is part of it. And also, if you can use DEI to just degrade the quality of um, all products, and this includes airplanes, uh, it proves that this will make it so that way the American companies can't. They have their hands tied behind their back because they have to follow all this corporate nonsense. Uh, and they won't be able to make planes correctly. And the Chinese will be able to and will have no choice but to have the Chinese make our um, airplanes. Because they make everything else. Um, you know, pharmaceutical medications, um, and basically anything you can think of these days, uh, is made by China. And they just want to add one more thing to the list. And I would say try not let them. But it's going to be very hard because of just how big and the airline industry is in terms of just the barrier to entry of um, running an airline, especially making airplanes, of how complex these things are and all the approval you need in order to have something be used in commercial flights. So it's definitely a very hard one to tackle from a libertarian individualist perspective, but it's definitely something to be aware of. So knowledge is power. That's the first thing. And I, I think I have gabbed all I could possibly about that topic, and I will leave it there. That's all I had on the docket today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I've been Joker the Fool, and I will uh, see you in the next episode. We're heading into the outro now. Thank you for being in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe whether you're listening on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, or Substack. And be sure to subscribe to my Substack, velvetroompublishing.substack.com, to keep up with Machine to Man and all my other projects.